Noise department. My parents actually met working for one of the big three distributors, but there was always alcohol around the house. Um, And my first memory of trying it, I think I was four, and I thought it was a glass of water on the counter. And it was small. It was obviously meant for someone small like me. Yes. So I took a sip, and then I cried and cried and cried because I had tried my first vodka. Oh. And it was horrible. (laughs) This is Thirst Trap, a beverage industry podcast. And I'm your host, Tracy Bradley. Today, I have my friend, Caitlin Holgein, whom I used to work with, and we've known each other for many, many years. And um, the reason I brought her in today is because if you listened to episode one, you would know that I am very passionate about uh, strong women in the beverage industry. I'm all about it. I'm here for it. If you're a strong woman in the beverage industry, let me know. You can come on the pod with us. But uh, today we have Caitlin with us. And I have to say, I am so proud of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. I uh, wasn't sure if I wanted to do this, but talking about women in the industry is something I also feel very passionate about, so I'm here for it. Well, I'm glad you are. I mean, I know it's it's weird, you know, for me to reach out to friends and be like, do you want to come on my podcast? Everybody's like rolling eyes, like, oh God, like, what what is she doing? But then they've listened and we, we kind of know what we're doing over here. So yeah, it seems like a fun time. We get to drink some stuff. So yeah, we get to try some things and talk about some things and um and it's not a huge time suck either it's just you know 35 minutes and we're out yeah yeah done and done yep so what have you been up to um, i haven't seen you in forever just work 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 um so i i did get promoted recently um so i'm figuring that out because that's been a, a learning curve for sure and you're the first woman in this position right uh yes first woman in this position yes, should I say. yes i am uh so i'm Customer development manager is my official title. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, there was no woman before. And then the, my previous role there, I was the first and only woman still. So it counts, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did kind of like split it up a little bit. Um, so it's two people now, but I'm okay. handling the customer development side. So, okay. but it has definitely been a, a lot to learn, like a lot of stuff I wasn't ready for, but uh, I'm getting there. But so. you're rolling with it. I'm rolling right? with it. Right? Yeah. You just take <laughs> it and you're like, okay, next challenge. Yep. <laughs> so what else is going on, lady? Well, I know we, we kind of talked about wanting to discuss the women experience yes. in the industry, um, which I wasn't sure I wanted to talk about. But after thinking about it, I think a lot of women don't talk about it and we got to a point where we're kind of getting there when like women are getting into the higher up positions but once they get there they just stop acting like anything ever happened to them um and answering questions in a way that they talk around it but they never actually acknowledge that they did face some sort of sexism or anything like that moving up in the world um so i wanted to share a couple experiences that i had just do tell. recently, do tell. <laughs> one thing that that my company has been doing is really focusing on women in leadership, and they bring these guest speakers on, which is great, and I've learned a lot from them. But ultimately, every time the question comes up, how have you been affected by being a woman in a highly male-dominated industry? And it's always, oh, I don't feel like that ever affected me, or you know, I would never think that that's the reason something happened. And the best answer I ever heard was, well, if that's 
the way, the reason, if that's why, how do I move past that? And I think that's great. Like, don't let it stop you, but acknowledge that it did happen. Right. And so, yeah, I'm, I d- actually just recently in the last couple of years had two instances that that I just really think speak to my overall experience. Um, so the first one was when I was in sales still. So I was in an account when I and I was against all male competitors, of course. Of course. Um, and I was beating them. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> but one of them went to the management at the account and made a whole fuss and basically said, you can't get anything in this store unless you have a pair of tits. Yes. Um, yeah. So, of course, they became this whole big thing. But because he worked for another company, it was like definitely like stay away from her. Don't talk to her. But that was all I got from it. And it was swept under the rug. And again, I'm I'm moving past it because I have to. But it was definitely like you're not just insulting my work ethic, but you're insulting the management's decisions and saying that they're being affected somehow by my gender and just ultimately uh, didn't feel like that was handled the best way, but that has become a trend um, for the other experiences that I have had. So that that was probably the worst. Um, a lot of it's terrible. more like small things or like little things mentioned and stuff like that. Um, the other one is I when I got up into a higher role and I was dealing with more corporate level. Uh, I had this buyer that objectified me every time I saw him and would like look me up and down every time I walked into a room and make inappropriate comments. But because he was so high up and so important, I had to just kind of deal with it. But it got to a point where I was like, it's becoming hostile for me and I can't work like this anymore. And I brought it to our HR and they were like, stay away from him again. Um, and we're going to try to figure this out. And what ultimately happened was one of our big bosses went to go have a conversation with him. And of course, he gaslit and said, oh, no, I, I don't think of her that way. I, she's so professional. She's great. I would never do that. And they thought it was just handled. And then the next time I saw him, he made another comment and it was like, I can't do this anymore. Well, he ended up getting fired uh, for another reason. So thankfully for that, I didn't have to deal with him anymore. Um, Is it similar to your situation for his firing? The reason? Uh, we don't actually know why. Um, it was something pretty bad, apparently. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was definitely like a celebration <laughs> for me because uh, I just would, had to just keep on keeping on with it and deal with it. And uh, there was question about if I was able to stay in the role that I was in because I was dealing with that. Instead of let's face the actual problem, it was maybe we'll move her out of it. Oh. Um, so that I just feel like none of that has kept me from doing my job, but it definitely has affected how I feel about women and men in the industry and how they handle these sort of things and pretend like it doesn't happen anymore. But it does. Oh, but it does. <laughs> yes. It does. I mean, so... It's funny that you mentioned that. So when I was in sales, my last sales position at the company that we worked together in, um, I actually, there was a high profile account at the airport. It's a smaller account at the airport, but I actually had to give the account away. I actually had to give all of the airport away at one point because of this one account 
he refused to buy anything from me unless I would go out with him. And um, that's not okay, you know? And I had to go to my then boss and tell him that, like, I didn't do anything. Like, I'm just me. I'm, and I was always so professional. So your boss was work. a man, yeah. so doesn't understand. Yeah. Same so thing with he me. Just, he just took the airport and gave it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And, and there you go. But it's still, a, and I believe it was another woman. So I hope that she didn't have to deal with what I did. I hope not. Yeah, I hope not. I yeah. I, I don't know if he if that person is still in that role mm-hmm. or if he's moved on. But yeah, it's it's not it's not ideal. No. You know, I've had I've had it. I've had my fair share as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the one. That's the only instance that really happened to me. Yeah, at that at mm-hmm. that company. But it speaks to it, and and having to go to someone who doesn't have real empathy for you because they've never experienced it. And, and that's why I take my role so seriously as a woman leader and try to open up. But um, like when I started, there was two other women in the off-premise world and I expected some kind of like welcoming or something and I just didn't get it. And I felt like if I had that, like would I feel differently and would I feel like I had people I could go to, would have mentorship and all that. And I went without that for a long time and I feel like I never want anyone else coming up in the world to feel like that. So I always say, here's who I am. If you ever need anything, come ask. I don't care if it's something yet. I don't know or but I will help you get there. <laughs> and that's great. And I hope that, you know, the future people at that company can know that and, and can feel comfortable coming to you, you know, even in any capacity, mm-hmm. because, you know, you've been through it and you're there, you know, and you're supportive and you you understand what they're going through. Right. right? Essentially. And I mean, I never obviously I never had that either. Yeah. So. so, but like I said, it's getting better. I'm glad putting focus on it. Even uh, our fearless leader way up there in the sky is, is up like women leadership. We love this, like keep it going. So they just have to actually understand what that means instead of just being a champion for it. Yeah. He's, he's wonderful. Mm-hmm. He is. I remember when he hired me, he called me and he said, um, what are you doing Thursday at three thirty? I said I'm meeting you in your office, <laughs> <laughs> and the rest is history. Yeah, perfect. But, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And and he's he's trying very hard too. So he's, he's it, and he always does. I mean, mm-hmm. he's always been fair and sweet, and I still talk to him to this day. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I well, I know you're looking for someone for uh your new thing. So yeah. So there might that's that might be another conversation. Like such a weird thing to be doing but but super cool (laughs) I know I had somebody ask me the other day are you done like rolling their eyes are you done selling water yet (laughs) I'm like nope as a matter of fact I just started with the new water started (laughs) yep (laughs) so yep nope I'm not done with the water and it's very important it's a product that we need every day we need to drink water every day so why not have good good water yeah so it's good for you. So eventually, uh, hopefully soon, I will have um, an episode where we talk about water. And then you can learn all about what it is that I do. This and you can be fascinated by it. We'll be not talking about alcohol for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> um, but, but, but back to Caitlin. <laughs> um, so I did want to share uh, some alcohol. So I brought the whole lineup here. So this is soju, um, which is Korean rice uh, neutral spirit okay um 
been around forever. So since the 13th century, they've been making this. Um, they were actually taught by the Mongols when they invaded because they had learned from the Persians what in that war. So uh, they had a ton of rice and they decided to uh, ferment um, the rice and create this neutral spirit. It uh, started off usually about 35% alcohol by volume, um, but it, it's not that strong now. Okay, um, so just, just like the rest of the industry, sessionable things came into uh, a trend and they went and they have now it ranges from like 12. Th this, these are a 12 to 24%. So okay. not crazy high. Um, but this is Jinro, which is the actually in 2019, it became the largest spirit brand in the world. So they sell the most out in the whole world. So, oh, yes. Um, okay. But here in the United States, it, it's just becoming a craze, just like all the other things, Korea, like K-pop and K-dramas. And right. And anytime you watch those things, you will see them drinking soju. Okay. So um, should we just get yeah, into let's it? Get into it. Yeah. All right. Um, let's start with the lowest and go from there. So they, uh, not too long, but in the past probably like 10 years, they started experimenting with flavored soju. So they have, uh, I brought strawberry, peach, and green grape, which is are the Ooh. top three flavors we have. Okay. Um, but they are only 12% and it's just a natural flavoring. So it's not anything super healthy. Um, but okay. you're dry. Sure. So this is this peach. Is peach? peach, yes. Well, it smells very peachy. <laughs> hmm. Well, for for not a natural flavoring, this it it tastes like a nice ripe peach. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Normally, I I shy away from like artificial peach flavoring. I right. think I had a a bad tequila sunrise experience in my teenage years. <laughs> I think most of us have have had a bad tequila sunrise experience. Yeah, just the peach, <laughs> the peach schnapps in there. Just whew. yep. I was on a camping trip when I was 15 yep, so. with my friend Ronnie Blackman and her family. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I'll, I'll, in never, nature I'll never too, forget like... it. I was in nature <laughs> with, a, with a bad sun tequila sunrise experience. <laughs> All right. Um, so this one is green grape. So this is the number two flavor. Ooh. And I know you think grape and it's like not many grape it, things it, it, really work. It smells like kind of like a light a lighter like a what's the grape soda like welch's grape soda yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. no it is it's it is like a concord grape for sure oh that's delicious mm -hmm. mm. yummy yep so this it's mostly just drank straight but they have started to experience experiment with uh making cocktails and stuff like that, that. would make an excellent cocktail yes um so then and then this is the the most popular flavor right now so this is strawberry which again, most things strawberry flavors are not really that great, but it's surprising for. Okay. <laughs> this, this reminds me of like this lip gloss that I wore when I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. It smells like that's really good. Mm -hmm. Wow. These are very dangerous because like I said, they are 12% mm -hmm. and um, traditionally you just get your little shot glass and you just pour it out. Right. And you continue don't just to... sit there and drink it like a beer. Yep. Which... Is this a 12 ounce bottle? Uh, 375. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's half of a wine bottle. Mm -hmm. guys, if you... But then you get back to the traditional ones. So uh, they have Jinro is back, which is what it's actually called. Mm -hmm. And then they have the original and the Chamisole and 
Genro 24, which is the highest. That's we'll say that one for last. Okay. Um, the Genro's back. So these are not fruity at all. So okay. you're going to get it's the just... actual neutral spirit flavor. Okay. Um, this one is 16.5%. Um, but this is that that has become the most popular because it is more of the traditional way that it was made. And so the why it's called Jinro's back back in the 1920s when this was getting huge in right. Korea. There's 3,200 distilleries in the area. You can taste like a slight traces of the alcohol, but it's not, it's not like hits you in the face with heat. So yeah, I mean, this is great. And it's clear like water. Yep. Yes. It's, it's all clear so that you can, it's just the, the neutral spirit plus whatever flavoring they add. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. People, they love this one because it is so smooth. So, and then um, we'll try the original, which is original since the, about the sixties when they, they actually had a rice famine in Korea. So they had to start making it from ethanol. Oh, um, which led to <laughs> <laughs> led to some some very high proof ones. But then also that's when they started making the more sessionable ones and how we ended up with this lineup today. All right. So that one is the original um, and that's just the neutral spirit. They don't do anything to it. Yeah, it doesn't nothing on the nose at all. And this is what you would have like with dinner, like a sake, basically. Mm -hmm. Just But yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can there's a little bit more heat. On that one, mm -hmm. just slightly, but it's it's still like very slight. It's not punching you in the face. Yep, which is nice. Yep, and then they have the chamisol, which is the original, but it's filtered. Okay, so you get a little bit more of a of that smoothness. I saw the chamisol on the label, and I thought it was chamomile. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it definitely was a, a hard to learn all these uh, pronunciations when we first brought this on. So again, there's on this one, there's there's no. There's nothing on the nose when you smell it. Mm. All right. And it is fresh. Mm -hmm. Says it on fresh, the label. Yep. All right. Yeah, that's, that's really so good. Filtered, yep. Yeah, it would be very important to tell people if they're drinking that at your house that that's not water because that, 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 <laughs> could, really go, is, that could go yeah, wrong so really smooth. quickly. It's yes, very and smooth. that one is 16.9% okay. also. So can't tell at all. Um, and then this one, I... I love all of them, but I really do like this one, the 24. Okay. It is the strongest, and you can tell. Okay. Um, But this one I would make a, a like a whiskey cocktail with, basically. Okay. Just put this in as, in as a mixer or as put this as, as the, the whiskey? Spirit, as the whiskey, yeah. Okay. Again, nothing on the nose, guys. Zero. All right. And again, super smooth. <laughs> no face punching. Yep. It's great. Yeah. Wow. 24% and you wouldn't really think it. I love learning new things. So, and they actually will use um, this one or the original or fresh as a, a bomb. So they'll take Korean beer and do a, a soju bomb. And you drop it in and chug it just like any other bomb. All right. Haven't not tried that one, but it sounds mm -hmm. interesting. It does sound interesting. I haven't had a bomb in years. Right. <laughs> so that is... Soju for you. Um, soju means burned liquor, which is very original. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it refers to the heat of the distillation. Uh, it's also known as noju, which no means do. So it's the the droplets that come down during distillation. Oh, nice. So. Okay. 
Oh, cool. And where where can we? Is there are there any like favorite um, bars that we can go and get a cocktail? Um, so anything in Chinatown, anything in that area is any basically any Asian place is going to have soju for sale. Um, there are quite a few brands here um, aside from Jinro, but not near as popular. Uh-huh. Um, and I know one of them is actually a vodka spirit and it's being sued right now for that. So oh. might not be around. And that is actually one of the other most popular ones, mm-hmm. but it's not even soju. So, wow. um, but yeah, any, any, and then uh, a lot of retail stores are picking it up now too. They they're, they're seeing okay. the craze. So is it yeah. like Lee's or Lee's, um, Smith's has it now target, like a, okay. a lot of places are, are seeing what it's doing and they want in on it. So great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I have a friend note who owns, um, a karaoke bar in Chinatown. So if he doesn't already have this, I will I'd be surprised. I would, um, when I'm we... sure he probably already does because <laughs> yes. he's, I mean, when he, we first he owns Ochatai. Okay. On yeah, Las yeah. Vegas Boulevard also. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm sure that he carries yeah. it at both places. Oh yeah. We had people calling going, you have Jinro now? You have Jinro now? Because before it was a small distributor that could barely make shipments and would have to do bulk drops and then hope that it got to places. Right. But but now we, now we have it so we can do regular deliveries and yeah. it's uh, it's been a monster for us. So well, that makes me happy. Yeah, that does. Because I have nothing but uh, good experiences uh, working for that company. And um, I will continue to be their cheerleader, even though I don't work there anymore, you know? Yeah. And it's great. It's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely thriving, but I mean, hopefully, hopefully soon yeah, we can, that would we be can awesome. collaborate mm-hmm. and, you know, we'll see, we'll see how that, how that works right. out. Yeah. So uh, episode three, four or five now, not in one and two. We discussed uh, our gateway, you know, like, what's your first alcohol memory as a child and then as a teenager? My parents actually met working for one of the big three distributors, uh, not the one that I work for, mm-hmm. so one of our main competitors. Okay. Um, they were both in sales. Okay. And so, you know, you might say I was born to do this. <laughs> but, you were. Yes. Literally. Um, but... There was always alcohol around the house, um, and my first memory of trying it, I think I was four, and I thought it was a glass of water on the counter, and it was small. It was obviously meant for someone small like me. Yes. So I took a sip, and then I cried and cried and cried because I had tried my first vodka. Oh. And it was horrible. Uh (laughs) Um, And then uh, as, well, and then my dad was always like, hey, you want to try this beer? And he drank Newcastle, which was not the best fear to try so it's definitely like this is what you're drinking all the time why would you do this but newcastle's good it is yes it is when you when you have an acquired taste of beer yes. but definitely not as the first beer <laughs> no. you've ever tried no <laughs> but then i think my first teenage memory of actually getting drunk i went into my parents liquor cabinet and i had captain morgan and uh I do not get along with rum anymore. Oh, so. I don't get along with rum. <clears throat> the sugar content is way too high. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a lot of sugar. Yeah. Really? So, I mean, for me, that's just like, I just know if I'm going to have rum, number one, in the middle of the night when your liver's trying to process all that sugar, I will wake up and be wide awake, mm-hmm. A, and B, I will have a significant hangover the next day. Yep. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. But then, of course, uh, once I was 
starting to drink all the time, my, the go-to in our group was Southern Comfort, which was a horrible oh. mistake. And, oh. and I can't even smell that without having to walk away. So <laughs> I was laughing at your, uh, your vodka story. I have a similar one. Mm-hmm. So I was three <laughs> and my dad, uh, he was, and he wasn't a big drinker. Um, he drank more when I was very, very small. And he was, uh, he had three shot glasses on the table and he was trying out three different whiskeys. I think it was like Crown, Jack and something else. Mm-hmm. And there were shot glasses and it looked like Coca-Cola. <laughs> and the phone rang and he went, he got up from the dining table and left these three shots sitting there and went to go answer the phone. And I said, oh, he's, he's got, this is, uh, like you said, it's a little glass. Obviously this is meant for me. <laughs> so I shot, I, I threw the whole thing back. Oof. I just shot it. And I, I was sitting in the dining chair. I, the chair tipped back. I like, I fell down. The, it knocked the wind out of me. I couldn't breathe. I'm like <gasps> <laughs> gasping for air. My dad comes in. He's like, what? And then he sees the empty shot glass. He's like, oh no. Oh, I can't believe you still <laughs> like alcohol after that. Well, I'm not a big whiskey drinker. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Never, yeah. I'm more of a vodka girl mm-hmm. if I'm going to have spirits. Yeah. You know, I like more of a clear whiskey. Occasionally I'll have a G&T, but you know, just I, I keep it real simple. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not even a really big drinker anymore. So right. It's just life. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not in a sales meeting where I have to drink wine at nine o'clock in the morning. Oh, don't you miss that, though? (laughs) No, I don't. (laughs) Well, okay, I take it back. It depends on the wine. Okay, the wine is one thing. It's when they line up the shots of tequila (laughs) at eight eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Tequila Uh for breakfast. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because like when we kicked off Jinro and we tried the whole lineup and everyone was like, wow, this is really good and just. Sipping without thinking about it, and by the end of that kickoff, like we were like, okay, everybody chill for a little while, nobody drive yet, and no one wants to openly admit, right. like, I'm feeling tipsy. Uh-huh. But we all were, we yeah. all knew it. <laughs> all right. Well, um, if there's anything else you want to talk about, if not, we're just gonna wrap it up. All right. But uh, thank you so yeah. much for coming. I had the best time. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's super yeah. fun. I'm Tracy Bradley, and that's the Thirst Trap Podcast. Produced and edited by Gonzo Greg Spillane for Noise Department. Our theme music is composed and performed by Jose Torres. Please like and subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcasts and share with your friends and associates in the beverage industry or anybody who drinks things. You can always visit and contact me at thirsttrappodcast.com and you can find links to all the socials there as well. Till next time, cheers. Cheers.